Greetings from Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am Del Hammond again. And <laughs> that again, <laughs> let's talk about that because this is actually the second time we've done this episode. We had a little bit of an accident, a little bit of a recording accident. What's well, because I like Delamitri so much we had to do it again. Yeah, he's the name so nice we had to do this twice. Uh, it's, uh, it's funny, you're going to hear kind of the new version of this as we're thinking about what we might have said yesterday when we thought we were recording this, trying to pull some of those funny bits in, but not like relying on, oh, that was the joke I made yesterday. I'm going to try and make it again yeah. today. So it's like so. it's like we're all, like I specifically am George Costanza, and I'm in the bathroom and I go, jerk store. I should have said jerk store. It's <laughs> a great callback. Yes, well done. All right. So Delamitri uh, is the band that we're talking about. This is a band that I know from the 90s. Apparently, they're a lot older than this. And something I learned yesterday that I couldn't believe is that they're not named after a frontman or a member of the band named Del Amitri. They're, they're, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, there's nobody in the band named Del Amitri. You know, thought like, oh, Del, Del Shannon is a real person or Del Griffiths uh, is a real fictional character selling shower curtains <laughs> or shower curtain rings. But like, you know, oh, the name Del. Okay. I thought there was somebody in the band named Del Amitri, but sure enough, no. Dude, you're getting a Del Amitri. There you go. See, exactly. Uh, no, there's nobody in the band named Del Amitri. And, I'm going to say this too. I enjoyed this uh, this week a lot less than I was hoping I would. <laughs> and it's only because I knew the songs. I knew the big hits and I really liked those songs. But once you get past those, it's it's a lot of same-o-same-o. And they're very talented musicians. They're very good at what they do and, and adequate songwriting, that sort of thing. But boy, when you stray from the hits, and I would say... It's like the Las Vegas Strip. Oh, these hits are great. Wow, this is awesome. One song right after another. And then you leave the strip. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this is territory I don't want to be in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you go under I-15, all of a sudden it's a town that you don't want to know. Exactly, yeah. So I will say that these guys are a perfect product of 90s post-grunge. Yeah. And in more so, of course, post-1992, but... You know, beforehand they were they were very acoustic-y. In 1992, they moved into this Marcy's playground. You called it Counting Crows with the sheen yeah. of Third Eye Blind over the top. Yep, yep. And I think that that's kind of where we are because this this group, especially once you get into the center part of their catalog, could not sound any more 90s. All you needed was uh, Joan Osborne and Seal to top off the 90s cake right. that you were making. Yeah, there was a, funny you bring those up. Like when we, when I worked in my, the first big job I had was working for the software company in Boulder, Colorado. And we worked, we started out before we moved into actual offices. For the first eight months, we were working out of the garage of the founder. He had a office set up in his house and then he turned, you know, heaters and, and um, uh, installed lights and, uh, insulation, all that stuff, and actually turned his large garage into an office for six people. And we weren't cramped in there or anything, but we had the radio station, we had speakers hooked up to a radio and speakers all throughout the place. But Well, all throughout the garage, but it was like four speakers, two in the front room, two in the back room. KBCL was playing this local radio station that probably centered on Delamitri, Tori Amos, Melissa Etheridge, and towed the wet sprocket. I mean, it seems like 
if they weren't playing one of those, just wait 10 minutes and one of the one of those four artists would come on. Isn't that where you learned how to rap Blues Traveler too? Yeah, suck it in, suck it in, suck it in, like you're in Tintin or in Berlin. Yeah, that was that was another one that absolutely uh, came on during that time. So for sure. Let's talk about the band Delamitri because there's no person named Delamitri. Uh, the band grew out of Justin Curry's college band in 1980. The initial lineup featured Justin, James Scobber, Donald Bentley, and Paul Tiagi. Justin Curry, the main songwriter and founding member, said the band's name was invented. He said that it was a play on the name Dimitri, which makes sense, right? Del Amitri. He just added Ella into the middle of Dimitri. <laughs> Ella, Ella, Ella. <laughs> Scobby and Bentley left the band early on, and they were replaced with Ian Harvey and Brian Tolland. Through the history of the band, only Justin and Ian have been the consistent members. And in their first release, 1985, was their self-titled Delamitri album. They were initially signed by Chrysalis Records and released their first album with little fanfare. Huey Lewis was on Chrysalis. That's the only connection to Chrysalis Records is Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, I want to say, God, I remember the 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 vinyl label, mm-hmm. like it was... Like I could see it in my head. It was a caterpillar, I believe, yep. or, or mm-hmm. turning into a butterfly. And wasn't there, Queen was on Columbia or no? Were they on Chrysalis? Why am I thinking that Queen was on Chrysalis <sighs> Records? I thought they were, I thought they were on Columbia, but I could be wrong. I just remember Huey Lewis in the news because that's how I learned the word because I was a kid when that first Huey Lewis came out. Yeah. And I remember getting it and going, what's Chrysalis? And I had looked it uh, up and I had to do the homework and I learned what it was. I'm like, oh, cool. Now I understand why they named the record label that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chris, Chrysalis was uh, Ultravox, Spandau Ballet, Billy Idol, Pat Benatar, Blondie. You mentioned Julius in the news. And then they, they sold, they were, they were sold in 1989 and the remaining half went to EMI. They kind of, it kind of got split up or, or cut in half and half of it went to uh, EMI. Yeah. I'm looking through the list. Lucinda Williams, The Water Boys, Naked Eyes. The Ramones, there we go. Only in the UK. Oh, no, the uh, Ramones were on Chrysalis that weren't in the UK, or the releases that were in the UK. So we've actually talked about uh, Chrysalis before. And uh, oddly enough, the Ramones is the other episode I screwed up. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't trying to go there. Uh, So this first album, I listened to it, and I I swear to God, I texted you because I couldn't, I was like, I think there was a mistake because this is not the Delamitri sound that I'm familiar with. Even the vocals or uh, I, th- I thought for sure I'd accidentally played a Trash Ken Sinatra's album because it's got that vibe, that college indie vibe. See, and you looked at it kind of like that. I looked at it and thought, uh-oh, what did we get into? Because I, I was like, uh-oh, this is not working for me. I'm not. <laughs> I picked one song from it and I have a very specific reason I picked that song. But other than that, I'm like, this is not super auspicious. I'm worried. And then this is not my beautiful Delamitri. Yeah. yeah and what what's funny, yeah. what's funny though, is when we were talking about this, I said that Delamitri sounds like a asylum version of the trash can Sinatras. <laughs> and you came up with the ones with the waste can Bennett's, which I got to tell you, that's brilliant. It's a great band name too. Yeah. yeah. The waste can Bennett's. It's like butthole surfers, except with uh, loungy <laughs> tunes. Right. Exactly. I'll point to the sun and say it's the moon. I 
in your life yet Make you sit back and enjoy the touch of a boy Lie over, relax with your hands in your lap Just give me some time so I can... Uh, all right, so they followed up that first uh, self-titled album with four years later, Waking Hours, which came out in 1989. This album saw a lineup change. Andy Alston was brought in to play keyboards. And they also fired Tallinn and Tiagi. Mick Staven and Stephen Irvine replaced them for recording the album. Uh, but then David Cummings and Brian McDermott joined them full time. And this is where I got a little bit more comfortable with what I was hearing because it started sounding more, I want to call it more 90s, but at the same time, it seemed like a little bit more cohesive. And like yeah, this is they, for me where it started sounding like Delamitri. Yeah, where they kind of picked yeah. a lane and we're like, okay, right. we got the bumpers up. We know what our lane is. We're going to stay right here. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, that album, by the way, reached number six on the UK charts and their biggest success also came in the UK with Nothing Ever Happens, reaching 11 on the UK charts. And by five o'clock, everything's dead. Every third car is a cab And ignorant people sleep in their beds Like the dope white mice in the college lab And nothing ever happens uh, Kiss This Thing Goodbye and Spit in the Rain also drew some chart success. 1992, Change Everything. And they kind of did. This is where their sound really started to solidify. This album reached number two in the UK. And the song Always the Last to Know charted in the top 20 in the UK. And it looks like I am the last to know. I hear you've never felt so alive. So much desire beyond control. And as usual, I am the last to know. They did get some US exposure with an appearance on David Letterman and at Woodstock 94. Okay, and and I've mentioned this every time Woodstock 94 comes up. <laughs> we need to do a Woodstock 94 show. Uh we've covered enough yeah, of the bands. Yeah, that would replace our like replace our genre episode that Yeah, that season, exactly. Right? I mean, we've talked a lot about the bands, many of the bands that were there, but to cover the whole thing would be kind of cool. Also, that would lead into our Patreon show being our, our viewing of the Woodstock 99 film. Yeah, I hear that thing snarly. Well, it, it's like the... I actually watched Altamont and Woodstock 99 pretty much back-to-back because -back we covered Altamont. Right. And I got to tell you, the Woodstock 99 film is actually worse. God, Lee, that's crazy because, I mean, a kid, we see a kid get stabbed at Altamont. And sh uh, wasn't a shooting? Wasn't a shooting instead of stabbing? I think there was a shooting too, yeah. Oh, anyway, was it a shooting? Yeah. I, I don't remember. Someone died on film. Someone died. And I thought it was a stabbing. I thought it was the, it might the, have been the kid had a knife with him. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it was, it was violent. And 90 Woodstock 99 actually took all that white male testosterone that happened mm -hmm. to be prevalent in 99 and smeared mm -hmm. it all over a hot runway. With and just like uh, turn, put it on a hot stove and yeah, turn it and, up a notch. And poured Jeez. limp biscuit on top of it. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear that's kind of the worst stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to we'll do both of those. We'll do a ninety-four Woodstock ninety-four show and then do the uh, for the patrons do Woodstock ninety-nine the yeah. documentary. Yeah. Uh nineteen ninety-five saw the release of Twisted. This one peaked number three in the UK. And uh, Roll to Me was almost a top 20 single, reaching number 22 in the UK, but it did make it into the top 10 in the US. So this is where, this this album is 90 as hell. It's like yeah, if it you is. canned the 90s and diluted it and turned it into a body spray, it would be Axe <laughs> 1990s. 
<laughs> it's a '90s concentrate. Just yeah. add water. Yeah, basically. really. Yeah. It it makes you. It makes everything smell like the gin blossoms and Delamitri. This was the only album of theirs that I that I actually purchased. I probably got it for uh, a fraction of a penny via Columbia House because uh, this feels like a Columbia House purchase. Have you seen those shirts that are, come, are going around now on on the internet that say I still owe money to Columbia House? <laughs> no, but I but I should get one of those because I do. I want one I mean, they so badly. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I could probably pull. I could easily pull a few records out of my. Out of my library that I know I got via Columbia House. Oh yeah, me too. Thompson Twins and uh, Blondie and stuff. I think I think uh, almost my yeah. entire collection of Sabotage came from the <laughs> music how Columbia Music uh, thing. Wow. Hopefully, there's nobody from them. You know, former former employees of the former company listening. Saying, oh, I'm going to go collect. If they are, they're just laughing too. They are. Yeah. They got, they got their, so hopefully got their severance package. 1997 saw the release of Some Other Suckers Parade. That one reached number six in the UK. They released a couple of singles from that one, but the third one was scrapped by the label because they said that the lyrics could be seen as taking shots at the recently deceased Princess Diana. Okay, in the last 24 hours, did you figure out what song that was? I did not. I should have, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, I have this extra time. I should take advantage of that and go figure out what song it is. That- well, don't worry. I didn't either. Okay, well, yeah, so if you know, email us. Yeah. We couldn't find any information. It certainly wasn't obvious looking at the uh, titles, the, the track list. Yeah. And and by the time I got to this album, I kind of tuned out to the lyrics because it was all starting to sound very 90s. I mean, I'm like, I don't know. It, yeah. just, it just felt yeah. like it was... Until something jumped out at you. It was, it was yeah. easy to just kind of get like just lay back and kind of uh, let the music kind of wash over yeah. you and say, Where, where's something that kind of jumps out at me? In 1998, they released Don't Come Home Too Soon for the Scottish World Cup. And a best album, best of album was also released containing a new track called Cry To Be Found, which reached number 40 and reached number five on the album charts. It's weird thinking they had enough to create a best of at this point because Twisted's pretty much it. Uh, Twisted, but then you've got like Kiss This Thing Goodbye from the previous, from from uh, Waking Hours. They had a bunch of stuff on Change Everything, Always the Last to Know. You but Twisted really was like four or five of the tracks from yeah. the Greatest Hits album. Do we want to tip our hand about our list now or do we want to wait till we get to our list? No, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll. We'll make a culpa when we get to our okay. playlist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 2002, Can You Do Me Good? Please. <sighs> I hate that album. Title. I know. It, it, it's, one, can, it sounds like my wedding vows. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good thing the question is at the end because then you've got kind of the the question mark is at the end because then you can kind of say, no, you know, I'm just saying, can you, can you not... Uh, do me bad? Not, <laughs> well... <laughs> 
I was going to like say there's a way to take that where it's not like a sexual thing. Like, listen, can you not try and uh, uh, screw me over on this deal? Yeah. You know, can you yeah. do me good? But if it was, can you do me, question mark, good, that would be a whole different thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Would be, yeah. That'd be, That's where punctuation matters. It's the difference between... It certainly does. Let's eat, grandma, versus <laughs> let's eat, grandma. It's my favorite example of that. That album, Can You Do Me Good, contained just one single, Just Before You Leave, which now that I say that right after the album title, Can You Do Me Good Just Before You Leave, it's... <laughs> It's even better when you put those the album title and the song together. Uh, both the single and the album reached number 40. For novelty still And do you pick a fight Just to feel the heat of his concern Do you still I'm going to steal a Randy Jordan joke and say that's just like a Saturday night, a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. Yes, exactly. No, <laughs> it's not. not. Not everything's sexual. Like it doesn't work for everything. It doesn't. It's not it doesn't. The, uh, it's, it's not, not the, yeah. It's not primer paint. You got to really pick your moments <laughs> yeah. for that joke. And Randy so far is the only one I've ever seen is actually been able to do yeah, it. Yeah, he's, he's actually, he's actually got it down to a science. Just he's, like he's figured out the formula, yeah. the, the, the rules. Just, just like Scott that. and yeah. the, the audio clips, not every audio clip could be a date, no. but he, the homecoming no. date, but he's got it down. He does. <laughs> yes, exactly. So after that 2002 album, the band decided to go on a little bit of a hiatus and by little bit, I mean, 12 years, they decided a full childbirth and life to puberty. They took off. Yeah, it's a full uh, recording career of the band The Beatles within that uh, 12 years. In 2014 and 2018, there were reunion tours that did very well. And in the first of those in 2014, they released a live album called Into the Mirror. And then for the 2018 tour, they covered the uh, song Heathens by 21 Pilots, another soundography subject. And something you hadn't heard yet. And something I hadn't heard yet and still haven't heard. Well, you, it was a busy 24 hours. It was a bit, it really was, still is. In 2021, they released the album Fatal Mistakes. This album was reportedly completed the night before the UK wide lockdown for COVID. Uh, they performed in December 2020 for Scottish NHS workers, which made them immediately want to get back to work. Close Your Eyes and Think of England was released as a single. So it's their fault the UK got locked down. <laughs> exactly. Hey, what do you say? Uh, either we shut everything down or we listen to some Delamitri. Ah, easy decision right there. I'm kidding. I really do like their, like, their greatest hits is the best album of theirs to pick up. Okay. It is like, we talked about this yeah. a little bit, but let's do it again because I think yeah. it's an important yeah. conversation to have. Sure. Of the bands we've covered, who is the biggest surprise 
about we liked their hits, but then once you get into the weeds a little bit, right? Once you cross under I fifteen, what <laughs> what band you provides you? If the, it weren't if it weren't for their hits, yes, there would be nothing left to listen to yeah. for this band. Yeah, and I think I'm trying to remember who I said yesterday. I think I said uh, Bay City Rollers. Uh huh. You did mention the Ray them. City Bowlers. Mm-hmm. The Ray City Bowlers. City Bowlers. Fabulous T-Birds, I think, might have been like that for me. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. I think I did better with them than you did, but yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, who did you have for this? My biggest surprise, and I and we, and we and I mentioned this, I think, during the show, is the, the Tears for yeah. Fears. Yeah. Is that, that for me, the Tears for Fears hits are so freaking strong. Mm-hmm. And then you fall off the ledge into their puddle of other songs <laughs> and it's really for me it was really sparse and it was hard to find things i could like and to hang on to outside of their hits well let me ask this is it because the hits are so good or is it because the rest of their stuff is so meh i think kind of i think it i think it has to do with the fact that the hits stand out and probably familiarity i mean familiar that yeah. plays a lot into it so if i had heard some of the b-sides I think I probably would have liked them because I would have heard them over and over again. But as far as coming in, just knowing the hits, you really put your your hands on the hits and that's your your guideposts. Sure. And I think it's a combination of the hits are really good and familiarity with them. Totally makes sense. I, 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 it's like, like you said, kind of like a combination between the two. Yeah. All right. So they released Fatal Mistakes and they've also released as of or coming up in about well, as we record this, it'll come out between the time that we're recording this and the time it gets released, a Fatal Mistakes, Outtakes, and B-Sides album, which has uh, um, additional songs, looks like about 10 additional songs, none of which are rarities, no no heathens on there. And uh, sadly, uh, I searched and I could not find it on Apple Music, so I've got to find that heathen somewhere else. Uh-oh, Russian MP3 site, here you come. Exactly. Hello. Give me a new song that actually, I've not heard before. Actually, can you get there now? What to the Russian MP3 site? Uh, let's see. I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Only because only because they they still think Delamitri is based on Dimitri, and that's why they're letting <laughs> me in there. <laughs> Putin's okay with it because the name. He's okay with it. By the way, it's not available on the Russian site either. Okay. Uh, That album, by the way, Fatal Mistakes, reached number five on the UK charts. Hammond, tell me uh, some statistics and general notes for the band Delmetri. All right. Well, the biggest one that I found, and one that, based on everything we've said, kind of shocks me, but doesn't because the UK is a little bit more progressive and open-minded, that six of their albums reached the top 10 in the UK which is, I think, almost all but one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, that's impressive, no matter who you are. Didn't happen here in the States because we're a lot more finicky and picky. (laughs) Oh, I will also tell you, in the last 24 hours, I've had roll to me stuck in my head. Thank you very much. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But it's probably just the just the chorus of uh-huh. like, roll to me. Just, actually, that, it's, it's two lines that I keep saying over and over again, and it's making mm-hmm. me a bit crazy. And I need to... Uh, Clear it. I tried, bleach. I tried to clear it with the new Ghost album, which is really good. Oh, yeah. What cover? Did, did they do a cover for this no, one? No, not that I can find yet. No way, really? Well, like, this uh, might be still, one of the first of their recent albums. Yeah, that, he's still uh, riding the wave of the Blackened, of the um, Inter Sandman 
cover he did yeah. for the Blackest List. Right, right, right. Well, still we still needed something. Like, you yeah. need to put a cover on this album. That's yeah, he the did. rule with Ghost. Yeah, and, but there are a few things in there. There's one where I'm like, oh, my even my youngest daughter, I'll play it later for you so you can hear it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really interesting. It's it's good. I really, really like it. Cool. But it didn't clear cool. the role to me out. So damn you, Tobias <laughs> Forge. You need something else. You need some more ear bleach. I need something stronger. Well, maybe maybe a discussion of their uh, Stairway to Heaven song will help clear that up. Uh, what is their, what are our choices for the one song that you're, you're guaranteed you're going to hear in concert? All right. I didn't know. Uh, I had no clue. And so I kind of went with the tried and true method of pick the oldest single. Yeah. But I also, usually, a good, usually a good a good way to do it, too. And so what I did was I picked a couple other songs that I had heard on the radio or kind of were familiar with. So I picked Kiss This Thing Goodbye. Roll mm-hmm. to me, and then always the last to know is the last single or the earliest single. So that's the one that I I picked. That you settled on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, congratulations. Number one is always the last to know. This is the song. Like if they're if they're put on David Letterman and uh, you get to do one song here. This is the song that they get to do. Following that up, Kiss This Thing Goodbye, Stone Cold Sober, Be My Downfall, Move Away Jimmy Blue, Here and Now, Driving With The Brakes On, Just Like A Man. <laughs> There's another great yeah, pairing. Yeah. Driving With The Brakes On, Just Like A Man. Yep. Punctuation uh, matters. Nothing, yeah, exactly. Uh, nothing Ever Happens, Roll To Me, and Not not Where It's At, uh, rounding out the top 11, actually. I'm surprised Roll To Me is as low as it was because they did a lot of touring after that song came out. Well, that's the question. Did they? Yeah, I guess... No, they really didn't. I guess they now didn't. They looked at yeah, this. they were on that 12-year, yeah. they're on their their high school hiatus. Yeah, it's, it only <laughs> appeared on 46. <laughs> the K-12 hiatus, that's what we call it. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it only appeared on 46 playlists. Yeah. So not, not as often as you might think. But they do some covers. They've done a few of them in concert. They did Ace of Spades by Motorhead, Come Together by The Beatles, Lust for Life by Iggy Pop. Brown-Eyed Girl by Van Morrison, uh, just to name a few. And, uh, of course, the next segment on our show is talking about covers. What song would we like to hear Delamitri cover? And I'll start. And mine, mine's really based on the fact that they do that Ace of Spades cover. I listen to that, and it's so similar to the original it's a surprise that it's Delamitri. They didn't do anything to make it their own. And it may be just the fact that it's speed metal. So if you take speed metal, but you slow it down, you get the song Nothing Else, Else Matters by Metallica. That's a strange would, logic train you just took. <laughs> well, it's still it's still thrash. It's still by a band that's thrash metal. Okay. But it's, but it's more in their wheelhouse. It's like a... Uh, uh, listen, yesterday you told me this was a really good choice. No, no, I, I, no, 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 no. I actually still love the choice. I, I do. <laughs> it's your logic of how you got there that's still compelling to me. Yeah. Well, uh, it's what made me think of it. I was like, oh, Ace of Spades, Motorhead. Oh, you know what would be good is Metallica. But okay, what song could that, they do by Metallica? That logic train makes sense. The fact that you yeah. slowed down Ace of Spades doesn't make any saying. sense. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about you go into... Uh, yeah, no. No, yeah, uh, that that logic makes sense. The I slowed down Ace of Spades and got to nothing else matters. Nah. Gotcha. I'm not buying gotcha. that. 
Okay, no, no, I didn't do that. No, I meant, I meant, what's slow down? What's a slowed down thrash metal song? Okay, yes. And I meant nothing else matters. That's your ballad. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is right up their alley. They could do the Delamitri sound with this song, and it would work. It would work perfectly, and still let them make it their own and not diminish the the uh, ability to do a cover. So nothing else matters by Metallica. So and the other the the, the <laughs> I still have this problem. I mentioned this yesterday. I'm still mentioning it again. All I can hear is roll to me with nothing else matters lyrics. And it kind of destroys the song for me. But I also know that you're thinking of other songs, the more ballady songs they did, the more lyrical songs. Roll to me is kind of syncopated and bouncy. And you're thinking of other things. I I give you that and I, I admire this pick. Cool. Well, good. Thank you, Hammond. I appreciate that. Uh, All right. Tell me about your picks. What do you got? All right. So in spite of what Tom says, I am not being lazy. I'm actually proving a point. (laughs) We should explain that. So uh, one of our listeners, Tom Robinson, wrote in and he's, and he likes to give you a hard time. I know that there's this like friendly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, head button, yeah. But he he called you out on the uh, the laziness of the eye in the sky. <laughs> but month. the thing is, we have he, we haven't released the episodes where we actually tip our hand to what I'm doing. No, no, it hasn't come out yet. Yeah, those so haven't come great. out yet. Although, I mean, three of them at least. I mean, how many episodes have come out this season? People know that it's a running gag. They have to. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. If not, Tom's the only person actually listening to to this far in the show. I know, I or, know or cares what I have to say. I don't know which one. It I is. think it's. I think it's the. I think it's just that people haven't like. It hasn't been enough of a joke to make people yeah. write in and say they get the joke. Yeah. But anyway, I pick "Eye in the Sky" by Alan Parsons, and for me, this is almost a no-brainer. The fact it didn't happen is kind of embarrassing yeah. for Delamitri. <laughs> it is right in their wheelhouse. Like it is the spoke or the, the hub yeah, uh, of the of their wheelhouse. It is a mid-tempo rocker. And the, if you look up Delamitri on Urban Dictionary, it just says 90s mid-tempo rockers. It almost has a picture of uh, Tales of Mystery and Imagination by uh, <laughs> uh, uh, by Alan Parsons Project. Although that's not the album that came on. No. But we no. Know what, you know what I'm saying. Uh, what was that one? Uh, it had it serious... was, I, I think it was Eye in the Sky. It was Eye in the Sky, was the yeah. the album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it had serious that led into it. Yep, exactly. Nope, good pick. Good pick. Uh, next, week's, right. next week's the week where I'm, I'm, I'm copying to the stretch. I'm already doing it. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Can't wait. Let's get to our playlist. This is where we pick a few songs that you can add to a greatest hits playlist. Uh, or or just mark the Venn diagram where there's overlap. Of seven and, uh, of ten a, songs. Seven of ten songs, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean that there you go. That's a that's that's not even like an apology for whoops, we accidentally put a greatest hit song. It's just the fact that the hits were so much better than the non-hit tracks, the deep album oh, tracks. Oh, let's not call them better. Let's call them more likable, more pleasing to our ears. And the fact that we didn't talk about this at all, this is this is all non-conversational decisions we made. Yeah. Says something yeah. about the fact that, that we our, both just did it. Yeah. yeah. Our, our paths might have diverged, but our tastes are still relatively similar. Sure. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, So this is, uh, here's my list, uh, starting with a a minor hit from the album Twisted, uh, a song called Driving with the Brakes On. She sucks on a match light, blowing bronze. 
Which I want to finish with, which I want to finish with just like a man. Um, sure, it's a hit, but it's it's a great song. It's it's a very, you know, it's a slow ballad, but this is a great example of some good, good lyric writing. It's um uh very poignant and very, I don't know, very emotional, very melancholy. I like I like driving with the brakes on. And it and it says so much, you know, it's like it's you know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. You're you're inhibited. You're you're driving with the brakes on. Uh, Move away, Jimmy Blue. I didn't realize this was a hit until we actually started doing the the show notes or the the, the notes this week. A drunk mother was the cue for the legendary things that you do behind a carnival tent with mud on your face. Uh, Waking Hours is the album you'll find this on. And this one's got a great groove to it. I was working and this one, you know, as songs do that end up on my playlist, got my attention and forced me to stop doing what I was doing to find out what I was listening to. So I really like that. Tell her this. All right, this one's just a straight up hit. It's from Twisted. Tell her something in my mind Freezes up from time to time It's another example of great lyric writing. The if nothing else on their hits, Delamitri, the band Delamitri, Justin Curry is able to spin a great story mm-hmm. with his lyric writing. And I think that that might be what defines the hits for me more than just the groove. Not where it's at from Sucker's Parade. This one's just a flat-out rocker, and that's fine with me. They were in need of a good rocker for me at this point in their library. I was getting, I think I was starting to fall asleep. I was starting to drive with the brakes on. and uh, <laughs> Just like a man. And I needed some, just like a man. And I needed something to wake me up out of that. And then finally from uh, Can You Do Me Good, Please, Thank You Very Much, uh, Wash Her Away. Also, this one adds some nice upbeat tempo to it as well, which which got my again got my attention and made me look up from what I was doing to, to look at what I was hearing. Okay, the way you delivered the title of the album just now, if you do yes. it doing an impersonation of John Cleese, it totally doesn't even it doesn't even make me bat an eye. It totally sounds like a quote. <laughs> Can you do me good, please? Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's a Monty <laughs> Python quote, and I'd be. I'd argue with anyone who told me it wasn't if I didn't know better. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, good. Uh, Hammond, how about you? What you got? All right. So my first one is from the self-titled album, the one that I was so critical of. But the reason this one stood out was because the beat's super simple. The lyrics aren't all that complicated. But the acoustic guitar work is phenomenal. And the guitar yeah. player on this, it was kind of like a showcase for his skill. Because playing an acoustic guitar fast and precisely 
isn't easy. It takes a lot more finger strength than people realize. Full of my friends, and here is a cup being filled up to be drunk again. And we are just starting luxurious lives to be drunkards and diddy men, making golf walls and battered wives. I may be pleading, but there's no love nor fear in my eyes. And for him to be able to do it with in this context with the song kind of was kind of impressive to me. So I kind of was like, Hey, look at this guy showing off. So I put it down more because of the skill of the guitar work than anything else, but it still a pretty good song. It was the highlight of the album for me. The rest of the album just kind of was, you know, waste can Bennett's for me. (laughs) Sure. Uh, My next one was kiss this goodbye from waking hours. The reason I picked this was, well, it's twofold. One, and I'm listening to it, it sounds like a TV theme song. I kept waiting for pictures of pretty people to freeze with their names underneath them in the middle right. of something funny, like Three's Company or Chips if, or something like the that. Bodines, if the Bodines hadn't had a lock on Party of Five, this is the song they would have used for the intro to uh, to that show, for sure. But it totally feels like a, a TV theme song. But also, I can't miss a good harmonica player or a good harmonica part. And there is some tasteful, fairly good harmonica in this. Mm-hmm. The solo between the exchange between the harmonica and the guitar was really nicely done. It's, it was clean. Some yeah. of those some of those transitions sometimes aren't as clean and a little more awkward. And they did a good job with it. So I got to give them that. And it's a very, it's a high plucky kind of guitar, almost like a banjo, but not quite as sharp as mm-hmm. a banjo. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's got a good plucky kind of sound to it. The third one, just like a man from Chain, every, uh, Changes Everything, which is funny because oh, you have Driving With The Brakes on and yeah, I, I put know. Just Like you, A Man. Exactly. If we would have planned this, then one of us could have had Driving With driving with The Brakes on Just Like A Man. Is yeah, that, exactly. Is that yeah. the choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this had a, this was like they were, they got together and said, we want to write a blues song. And so they swung for the blues fences and didn't quite make it. I call this a ground rule double blues. It's still really good. You get a good base. Uh-huh. You get a good base position out of it. You're in scoring position, but you don't make the full blues home run. Is that a bad yep. analogy? Does that work? No, I like it. Okay. I like. Listen, baseball. Baseball analogies are great. I feel like baseball analogies absolutely have their place. So okay, all right. Throw in more of them. Okay, all right. You're in the right. You're in the right ballpark with those. Sure. <laughs> it's Diamond Days. <laughs> right. Yes. All right. My my next one is won't make it better from Sucker's Paradise or Sucker's Parade. This reminded me of the posies, like Amazing Disgrace era posies. But it feels like it was also written in the Twisted era and then recorded for the next album because it felt dated next to everything else on that album. Yeah. So it felt like a leftover song and they just stuck it on there. But I liked it because you really can't deny 
some of that amazing disgrace era posies. There's some really good stuff on that out in that era that they did. Did you catch any of the posy similarities as you listened? I didn't. It, but when you said it, it it absolutely it absolutely you know came to light. It actually made sense. It's like okay. oh yeah, I guess I can hear the posies in this. I I am so connected to um, Dear Twenty Three, Dear Twenty Three that it's hard for me to think of the sound of any of their other albums. I mean, I know, you know, Frosting on the Beater and I know uh, Amazing Disgrace and all that. But for me, it's like that band is Dear 23 and and loose loose tentacles that come off of that for the other <laughs> albums. If that makes sense. It does, it does. And I knew I know that yeah. Dear 23 is like the centerpiece of your Posey's world. It really is. Yeah, it's... It's the highlight for me, as yeah. you know. Yeah. So my last one is musicians and beer. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care. You lie on the slab with blood in your head. And the voices of angels are flat and austere. And the reason I picked this was, one, it's kind of a cool song. Uh, it's kind of a funny, quirky song. But the reason I picked it is because his voice, for some reason, really sounded like Tom Petty in this. Mm, and if you're okay. a fan of Tom Petty, start with this song. and like, okay, Delamitri, Tom Petty, and now I can go into the rest of the Delamitri catalog. Yeah. But I kept waiting for him to do, like, Don't Come Around Here No More or Running Down a Dream because this is, it sounded like 90s Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I can I can definitely hear that. I didn't pick up on it either until you said it, but uh, there is a there is a Tom Pettiness, not the uh, not the southern kind of sound of Tom Petty as much as just the Tom Petty vibe. The yeah, California the, de- vibe. The, the delivery of Tom Petty, not yeah, the yeah. not the tone or even the accent, but the yeah. the delivery of words where they're a little almost need subtitles, but not quite. <laughs> Excellent. Well, very good. That's our Delamitri. And uh, again, uh, we never have to talk about Delamitri again. <laughs> nope. And and I will I'll stand by that. I've watched the waveform get formed as this recorded. So there is no question that we actually did this show. Good. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, in the, it's in the history books now, this yeah. show. Yep. Good. Where, where it belongs. It is sad, though, because we did have some really good, funny, spontaneous moments that are now just between me and you. Well, you know what? We had some different ones in today's show that uh, we wouldn't have got to had, yeah. had we not redone this show. Yeah, so, that's, right. that's good. Uh, silver lining, cloud. Yeah, we, we, are not, we are not going to have to redo next week's, I promise you. Okay, and what is next week? We're going to do a twofer, kind of. We're going to do Dougie okay. Fresh and Slick Rick. All right. Why those two? Why 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 are those two a pair? Why aren't we doing them individually? Because uh. well, one because they were so <laughs> intrinsically connected early in their careers that you kind of have to do one without you can't do one without doing the other. But also, if we just did Dougie Fresh, we wouldn't have a lot to talk about, and if we did just Slick Rick, we wouldn't have a ton to talk about. <laughs> so you mash them together, and you get almost a full episode. Nice. Okay. Well, that, that, uh, so it would be, uh, you know, two, two, two mints and one or something like that. Is yeah. It works. It, this is, this is the, uh, this is the, you got my Dougie Fresh and my Slick Rick and you got my Slick Rick and my Dougie Fresh. Yeah. And this is one where like going into it, I know what a couple of the songs sounds like, sound like, I don't know my name. So it'll be when we finally get to them, like, oh, I know this one. Yep. So, I guarantee uh, you will know two of them. And 
That's it. Okay. Yeah, I guarantee you know two of them. But other than yeah. that, I don't know if what you'll know. Cool. Well, I can't wait. I'm I'm totally totally excited for this. So uh, let's get to it. But that is going to do it for this edition of Soundography. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, email us soundographypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at the Soundography. And of course, our website is soundography.com. If you go there, if you go there right now, you're going to find all of our previous episodes in downloadable format. In each episode, you will find uh, show notes that contain our playlists, uh, which you can find in Spotify. You'll also see a link to where you can buy the music, a link to Twisted for this one, because it's almost a greatest hits album in and of itself. And you'll also find a way to support the show with Patreon. Listen, go uh, a buck or two might not be a lot to you, but it's a lot to us. If you go to patreon.com slash if you go to patreon.com slash soundography, uh, support us with a with a buck or two a month and um, you'll get some bonus stuff. You'll get some episodes. Every once in a while, we send you some tangible goods. We got some fun stuff going out this time around. An, an enamel pin that I've had that I have have that I have in my hot little hands right now. Uh, and more. So go to patreon.com slash soundography and support the show. Uh, of course, leave reviews uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you love the show, let other people know about it. It's a great way for new people to discover what the things that you like right here. Let's encourage everyone to do the, the Clairol form of spreading the word. Is that where you tell two friends and mm-hmm. then they tell two friends yep, and so it. on and so yep. on? Yep, the Clairol form. I remember that. I remember that Clairol thing. And I remember that now everybody on YouTube that does a... I'm doing all the voices in an all acapella song. They oh, use that uh-huh. same they do multi-face that same. format. Yep, they sure do. And it, it's creepy because they all stare directly at the camera. And I don't like it. <laughs> uh, Hammond, anything to close us out? Yeah, I just wanted to encourage you not to drive with the brakes on. Oh, just like a man. On behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brian Ibbett saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Soundography. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.